And the fact that, man, they're willing to complain, but the moment you say, well, there's a committee of volunteers, do you want to help? Oh, no, no, I don't want to do that. Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. Welcome to episode number 54, take two, of Unscripted. <laughs> Had a little bit of a technology issue. Uh, I am your co-host, Bill Petrie, and with me, as always, is Dr. Kirby Hossaman. Kirby, I know you're ready to broadcast at an exceptionally high level today. How the hell are you? I am doing fantastic. My energy level is way up. I'm really excited about that. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna aspire to that platinum level that you tend to broadcast at. I don't I don't usually reach that, but I'm gonna try for that today. How are you? Oh, I think you're gonna I think you're gonna absolutely hit that platinum level. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And you know who else has hit a platinum level in just about everything they do? What's that? That'd be the good people at Bam Bams. Nice. Uh, Bam Bams is our sponsor for this podcast, and we certainly thank them for their patronage. More importantly, it's really good to uh, partner with good people. Yeah. And they really stress the relationship aspect of the business they do with distributors. And a lot of companies say that, but Bam Bams actually means it. So if you are looking for a partner for Rush uh, domestic rush production of apparel, apparel accessories, and custom sourcing, go ahead and visit them at bambams.com backslash make it happen fast. You won't be sorry. And again, their goal is really to uh, create that personal relationship that's going to make the distributor salesperson look good in front of their client. And mm-hmm. so that, to me, is absolutely platinum level, Kirby. Absolutely platinum level. Now, where can we find them? Um, bambams.com backslash make it happen fast make it happen fast I like it yeah all right cool so Kirby do you have the courage to start this podcast off with a topic I do I actually am excited about some of the topics I have today I'm anxious to get your feedback on them so um so as we're recording this, we're just after Independence Day and I and appreciate you using the correct term yeah, just for you, and or as they say in England, happy treason day. Yes, um, that's right. And so, you know, after that, in most small community or in, in most communities, I should say, you know, there's a fireworks show, right? Um, right. And because uh, Shockton's no different in that way, and and as is the case, I think in a lot of communities, it's it's run by a group of very well intentioned, very good volunteers. Uh, they do fundraising to make it happen, and they they put it all together. And this year there was just, you know, an unfortunate storm. Uh, And I mean, literally, uh, at about beautiful day, all day, uh, the day of the fireworks. And um, right about 945, uh, 10 o'clock, which is exactly when the fireworks were supposed to go off, a thunderstorm hit. And I mean, it hit right there too. Like it, you know, it was one of those targeted. It wasn't even that bad at my house, which isn't that far from there. But there, it was a deluge, and it was thunder and lightning and wind and the whole nine yards. So was it a complete washout? Were there fireworks at all? So that was the thing. So they, they, you know, these volunteers had to make a call, right? And so they waited it out, and they did the fireworks at one o'clock in the morning, um, because that's when they, yep, that's when they could do it. But the problem is, so they did it on the, the, the thing was on July 3rd, um, and they did them at the airport. So they had to shut down the airport for that amount of time and whatever. And it was one of those, I felt really bad for the volunteers because it was just one of those lose, 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 you know, perfect storms for them. 
And as is the case when anything like this happens, the next day, uh, Facebook is lit up in our community of telling people how crappy they are, you know, and how shitty it was that they did this. And I'm just like, right. I, I, these are the kind of times when I get super frustrated with the human race <laughs> because you got all these people who are doing nothing but complaining about a group of people who are just trying to do something nice for the community and they're bitching about it because they didn't get their free fireworks show. <laughs> right. and it, you know what I mean? Well, it's, it's, it's so amazing to me how many people are willing to complain but not willing to help. And I well, guess that's... I, I, yeah, good, topic. good, good topic to start off with, and a couple, a couple thoughts I, I had, and I actually just asked uh, my bride this the other night. We were talking about fireworks, and you know, when was the last time you paid for fireworks? I've never paid for fireworks. <laughs> exactly, fireworks seem to be pretty kick ass. And yeah. you know what? I pay a grand total of zero dollars and zero cents every time I see them. So, a couple things. You hit the nail on the head to to an extent with. Everybody, you know, the people who pay the least, and in this case, paid nothing. Right. Uh, the people who pay the least complain the most. Yeah. The people who have nothing to do, so they have no investment in the actual uh, event other than attending. Yeah. So they're all upset because little Johnny didn't get to see his fireworks and so on and so forth. And, and to an extent, I understand that. But what what the problem is. It's the Monday morning quarterbacking and the yes. ease of access to Monday morning quarterbacking. Well, man, I wouldn't have done it because nobody, you know, and I was just about to do it. I was about to say, why the hell would you blow them off at one in the morning? Now, yeah. I don't know. If the, and, and again, I'm saying that I have no idea what the local ordinances are. I yeah. don't know how much it costs to shut down the airport, although it's the Coshocton Airport, so it can't be <laughs> that busy. Um but 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 in all seriousness, I don't know all the uh, parameters that have to be factored into making such a decision. Because yeah. it's easy for me to sit here and say, "Oh man, just wait till Friday night and do it," even though yeah. it's going to be you know July seventh. Who cares? Um, well, but again, again, you know, it's one of those things where I think the key here is that the volunteer-run organization. Well, it, you know, the pushback was, "Well, they should just do it on July fourth. Well, you know what? Maybe they wanted to spend July Fourth with their damn families. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like it's, I, I, again, as you said, the Monday morning quarterbacking and the fact that man, they're willing to complain. But the moment you say, "Well, there's a committee of volunteers. Do you want to help?" Oh no, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, That's they're what not going to want crazy. Yeah. People generally don't want to burn calories on stuff like that. It's much easier to bitch and moan about things, and generally yes. a lot more fun too. Clearly, <laughs> I, because I'm I'm a I'm a believer that there's a segment of our population that's simply not happy unless they're unhappy. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, um, I say so, it all the time that there there's a certain percentage of the population that if they they're pissed off if they can't find something to be mad about. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, cool. Um, so that so was that. Well, that's good. Well, I'm glad you got to see. Did you stay up to see the fireworks at one in the morning? Oh God, no! I I was home. Yeah, good and, for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was again. Yeah. But but that's my choice, right? I chose that, so it's it's okay. Yep, yep. No, I totally get that. And and yeah, I uh, I've seen enough fireworks. I mean, I like fireworks, but this year it was the first year our kids um, wanted to go hang out with their friends and ride around the neighborhood, and I was perfectly content. 
um, having a cocktail, yep. watching TV, and then going to bed when I went to bed. So <laughs> exactly. I was actually very content to do that. So. Well, cool. You have a, you have another topic? Well, one quick thing. Um, I, I just wanted to sh- give you a shout-out and Marty Haggerty a shout-out. Congratulations on your acquisition of Paparazzi Promotions. And, mm, and thanks, I man. I know Marty is going to be joining your sales team. Um, probably already has by the time we're, we're recording this. So um, not sure what you can or want to divulge, but how does – you know? We see a lot of acquisitions in our industry, both mm-hmm. on the supplier side and the distributor side. And, and you know, uh, ePromos just acquired uh, Motivators, um, for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you you made the the acquisition of, of Paparazzi. How did that come together? If whatever you're willing to share, and if you're not willing to share, well, then I just wasted a minute and a half of our 25 <laughs> minute podcast. So no, no. either way, it's a win. Yeah, no, it's totally cool. I'm glad to talk about it. And I appreciate your, your the kind words. Uh, really excited to bring Marty on. And, you know, I mean, we're in growth mode uh, for us. So, so something like this just makes sense. Uh, we've been talking about it for a while now. Uh, mm-hmm. Marty, um, Marty and I got to know each other actually at SKUCon, um, and you know, through social media and that sort of thing. And, and, um, you know, I think he was really looking for, and I hate to put words in his mouth, but kind of a re uh, birth of energy and excitement into uh, his sales career, and and uh, when we got to talking about it, I think he started getting excited, and and I think he's a great fit for us, and it gives us a presence in Southern California. So, once we decided to do it, it happened super fast, um, and so I mean, literally, we're like, okay, so we're gonna do this, yes, yes, okay, go, and so. We, we made it happen pretty quickly. So awesome. Um, actually, it's funny because my next topic is about this. Can I jump into it real quick? Yeah, I've, go ahead. Fire away. Yeah. So, so you've been a part of acquisitions, right? You've I have. been. And so, literally, my question on was many different, on many different <laughs> levels. Yeah, right? And so, uh, from that, I've not. Like, uh, well, that's not true. Uh, I was, you know, I was with a company that was acquired, and that's fine. But you've been on, on the other side, right? Yep. Um, and, it occurred to me, I'm like, I've made a list of all the things I should be doing, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I should be doing this and I should be doing this and I should be doing, what are the things that I should be doing that like you were like, when you went through the process, you were like, oh, I should have done this. Or what are some things I'm forgetting um, to be ready for in this acquisition to make sure it goes uh, smoothly? Well, I, for me, these things always come down to communication, and that's both communication internally mm-hmm. and externally. Right. Um, you know, acquisitions can be a very exciting thing. Uh, they they generally are. But there's also that uh, other side of it where people feel like, oh, there's going to be definitely a change here. How is that going to impact me? At what level is it going to impact me? Does my job change? Does my job not change? Mm. And so I think that the more, you know, you cannot over communicate in any sort of acquisition. Mm. I like that. Um, you know, I remember back, um, seems like a million years ago, but, you know, 15, 16 years ago, I guess it wasn't that long, about 14, 15 years ago, when Lee Wayne acquired JII. Yep. Um, and I think that's one of the ones you're referring to. And I was on the acquisition team for Halo and Lee Wayne at that point. And, you know, I, I learned a lot through that process how to make sure you're communicating with every single person, no matter what they do, that they understand why this acquisition is happening. What does it mean overall for the overall growth objectives of the organization? Yeah. But more importantly, what does it mean to them? Right. Um, Because that silence is deafening Mm. when it comes to 
um, when it comes to acquisitions because it just creates a level of uncertainty. And if that's allowed to fester, it can be cancerous. So that's the first thing. The other thing that comes to mind is really make sure, and I, I have no doubt you're doing this, and, and I know Marty uh, a, a little bit. I don't know him all that well. But I think you focus on making sure that it's a culture fit. Mm-hmm. I, I remember having gone through acquisitions, um, both being acquired and, and acquiring other companies back when I was with Halo. Um, culture really was the most important factor because you're really acquiring human capital. Yeah. And if you, you know, it's it's good to have a certain amount of creative friction, meaning where there's not always 100% agreement on everything. That friction can create magic. And I always, again, I can draw any parallel to Van Halen uh, <laughs> in, in any business situation, and I'll do so here. Part of part of the uh, part of the greatness of the first iteration of Van Halen was the fact that David Lee Roth and Eddie Van Halen they really were never friends. They really didn't like each other, mm. um, but they needed each other, mm. right? Eddie Eddie was a technical virtuoso on the guitar, but he needed kind of a, a frontman showman. A showman to to front the band and vice versa. So I think some creative friction is good, but making sure that they, but they had the same goal. That's my point. They had yeah. the same goal to create music and to achieve a certain level of success, which I, I think they did. I think as long as you create that culture of hey, let's make sure we're all going in the same direction. It doesn't have to be exactly in lockstep. But as long as this, the goals are are the goals and objectives are in mind and everybody's in agreement there. I think great things can happen. So, so the two things I've really suggest or stress are communication and yeah. culture. Making sure that it's a culture fit. Can you live with Marty? Yeah. Can Marty live with you? Mm-hmm. And I'm I, I'm sure you've done that part of it. Um, it was important for me when Brand of Eight was acquired by Promo Corner. Yeah. You know, I think I think I told you one, and I don't even know if Joel knows this. So if he listens, uh, <laughs> I'm sure he does. When he listens, he'll he'll know. But one of my tests were. When we, when we were talking is, what do you want to do with the adult beverage of the week? Because I had been approached by several companies and organizations that, man, we want you. We want you. Mm-hmm. And it was very clear that they wanted what they thought was me. Right. They didn't want me. And um, not that I was married to doing, c- continuing to do the adult beverage of the week, but I wanted to get, or, you know, I wanted to at least have a conversation about it because I thought it was it was certainly valuable and helpful to me in growing my own brand. And Joel was like, "Oh hell yeah, we want to bring that on board too." So yeah. that helped me feel like, okay, we are culturally in sync here. So whatever creative differences we may or may not have, we're going to be able to get through that because I genuinely like this person, and I generally want to do good by this person. And I know Joel feels the same way. So as long as you and Marty are on the same page that way, I don't think there's anything you guys can't do. I appreciate that. That's cool. That's great advice. I love the over-communicate thing because I think the the real deal is everybody thinks they're communicating. Nobody thinks they're a poor communicator. Very few people do, right? Right. Um, and so, but the idea is I feel like I have communicated it, but as you're saying it, I'm like, no, I could, I could do more. I could do more. And so I like that. That's really good advice. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, in, in this moment, you cannot over-communicate. It's simply not possible. 
Okay. And your people will tell you when they've had enough. <laughs> Fair. That's really, so. again, that's really good advice. I appreciate it. Um, cool, man. You've covered covered that for me. You, let's jump into yours. Okay. So I, I was doing a little um, over the long weekend kind of thinking about some topics. And here's one that crossed my mind. So California, and I think Marty's in California, right? Yes, he is. Okay, so so you are now across the entire United Snakes, which is very <laughs> impressive. Yeah. Um, so he's in California. So California has a Senate bill that passed forty to nothing. Wow. It's Senate Bill one sixty two. So there's definite um, support for this legislation, and the the bill is it will prevent cannabis businesses. So you know, you, um, recreational use of marijuana is allowed in California now. Okay. It will prevent businesses that sell marijuana and cannabis from advertising through promotional products yikes yeah big time yikes Hmm. so right now like i said it passed the senate 40 to nothing and it resides in a committee in the state assembly awaiting action now the marijuana industry is projected to be bigger than the promotional products industry which sits somewhere around 21 billion dollars by 2021 so four years from now yeah what what should we do as an as an industry, and maybe even a better question: How does PPAI react to this? What do they do? Because mm. it's kind of a touchy thing where some people get very uptight about um, the legalization of marijuana, um, which I, I think is going to be pretty much nationwide. I would say within a decade, yep. if not sooner. Um, but there are some people there that, around that feel, hey, that's that's not good. It's it's you're promoting drug use, so on and so forth. How do you feel about that? No, it's a great question. And um, so what I would say is, I think that it's interesting because, you know, in some ways, you know, alcohol in some ways is, was limited in the way that it was able to be marketed and, and that sort of thing as well, and certainly tobacco. Um, but I don't think any of those were blocked by, you know, from using promotional products. So yeah, I think that's a huge thing. And I, my initial reaction is that, PPAI should be uh, working toward being proactive in that because that's a that's a big market to be to be missing, don't you think? Well, it's a huge market, and I know quite a few people who have um, really helped their businesses. Certainly, in Colorado and, and a couple people I know who sell promotional products there, and they focus um, directly on the the yeah. dispensaries, and they've grown quite a bit of business. You know, I I don't I don't think any bill I think. Any government entity should pretty much stay out of the promotional products world. To <laughs> yes, be very honest with you, because <laughs> got to be honest with you. Looking around, there's bigger problems than worrying about what kind of crap you have on a t-shirt yeah. um, and what you're trying to sell. And generally, the public will let you know if it's inappropriate. Yeah, it's, I mean, the, the public will shut you down. But it, it, I find it very troubling that it passed forty to nothing, mm. zero opposition. Yeah, what's interesting to me is I, I find the dichotomy of this discussion super interesting in the sense that on one hand, people make the argument and government entities, you know, politicians use promotional products to get elected. And then when they get in office, they want to cut that budget, right? Because that's right. whatever. Uh, so on, it oh, all of a sudden it becomes wasteful spending right. the second you get into office. Right. So I think that's interesting. But then on the other side, I always find it interesting when they legislate against promotional products because they're making the case, from my perspective, that they're so powerful. They're such a powerful advertising medium that we need to regulate it. So you you see what I'm saying? It's like they're making both sides of the argument. And so to me, that's always really interesting. 
yeah, I just I don't know where it goes. I don't know if it dies in the uh, the state <clears throat> assembly uh, committee. I don't know what happens, but I do find it a, a very troubling thing that a a what could be a very uh, large economic boon for yeah. people in California in, in the promotional products industry is not going. It, it may not be allowed to uh, to be used. So it'll be interesting to see how how that uh, that shakes out. And I'll, I'll keep following it. I found it, like yeah. I said, I found it real interesting. So wanted to get your take on it. I didn't think it would be very different from mine, and it's not. <laughs> but maybe there's some people who, but, but yeah. you know, there might be some people who feel, hey, um, I don't want the promotion of, of drugs yeah. um, with promotional products. So I'd love to hear if anybody disagrees with us and why yeah, for sure. why uh, it should be allowed to, uh, that bill should be allowed to go ahead and go through and be voted into law. Cool, man. So well, I've, I've right. got one that's uh, kind of fun. Uh, good. If, if Good. That's We're okay. near the end of the. Uh, no, it's perfect. We're near the end of our podcast, so let's go ahead and do it. So I, I want to on our podcast. I'd like to talk about a podcast. So you okay. and I have discussed different podcasts that we listen to, um, yes. and one of the podcasts that I've mentioned is the Startup Podcast. Um, yeah. So from Gimlet Media, they um, it started several seasons ago where um, the Alex Bloomberg started following himself around essentially as he was starting his podcast company. Okay. Okay. And it was really, I thought super compelling, uh, storytelling and the, the show has evolved. Um, and I've actually gotten away from it because I was interested in that and they've done other stuff, which is mm -hmm. fine. But they had like a recap episode recently where they told that ABC has, um, created a sitcom called Alex Inc. And it's based okay. on the first season of Startup, the podcast. I find that super fascinating when it comes to content creators in our space, in, you know, in many of these spaces that ABC has created a sitcom with Zach Braff starring in it that mm -hmm. they, you know, this piece of content is now going to be on ABC at least for however many episodes. And it's about right. him starting a podcast company. Um, Interesting. So I th A, I just wanted to tell you that because I think it's interesting. B, so if there were a sitcom about Promo Corner, if there were a sitcom about Bill Petrie, who would play Bill <laughs> Petrie? <laughs> who would play Bill Petrie? I think that's something other people should answer. <laughs> it's a super hard question. I've actually thought about it. It is. Yeah. So I'll... Do you, if you have an answer, I'd love to hear it, but I'll give you the first thought. So one of the people that, you know, we all have doppelgangers. Yeah. And my doppelganger is Anthony Michael Hall. Oh. So if, if especially as a youth, um, if you watch 16 Candles, I was Farmer Ted. <laughs> um, I mean, I dressed like it. I acted like that. I... I had the braces. I had the untucked pink polo shirt. Nice. I can prove it. Um, I jeez, I don't know who'd play me, Kirby. No, I, I mean, like that. Anthony Michael Hall's a good one. Anthony that's, Michael Hall, yeah, that's you know, good. He, and so that's sitcom I, related too, right? Because yeah. because of course the first person I thought of was Brad Pitt that would play um, you, but right. but he's a little more movies, right? <laughs> yeah, Brad Pitt wouldn't pay me play me. <laughs> I'm trying to think. It's, it's got to be someone who is a little smart assy. So Gary Busey? Um, no, <laughs> I, I, I'd like to think I have more brain cells than Mr. Busey. Now, who would play you, who would play you in a in a? Uh, oh man, it, and that's what so makes it hard. Is I've actually thought about this, and because uh, I was thinking Brad Pitt for you, George Clooney for me, 
But again, right. I'm like, that's they're not going to do a sitcom. That would be much more movie related. Right. Um, I, and I don't think this is a great answer either, to be honest with you. But I don't know, Jason Bateman. Okay. Right. Are you are you talking the Silver Spoons era Jason Bateman or the Arrested Development era Jason? I, Bateman? I was thinking more Arrested Development, more horrible bosses. I don't know. Because, it, again, I was struggling with this, but I thought it was yeah, a fun. Because if you went Silver Spoons, and I could say I, I could do Ricky Schroeder, and I could be called the Ricker. <laughs> there you if you go. remember that show. <laughs> yeah, so let's put it out to everybody. Yeah, if for there's sure. Going to be an unscripted TV show. Who plays Kirby and who plays Bill, and yeah, who plays the, like the comic foil? for both of us yeah so, I, 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 I think, honestly this was the topic that I thought gosh if people are listening we might get some pretty pretty cool answers on this yeah so let's go ahead and cast an unscripted uh, sitcom for the good people at Fox because I think they'd let us say shit and hell damn crap <laughs> or Netflix um, to be honest with you. or Netflix absolutely yeah, yeah. so there you go absolutely that's uh, that's a good uh, that's a good topic. I have to give that some thought. I'm actually stumbling over my words <laughs> as I'm trying to wrap my wrap my Bill brain around uh, getting casted well, for a sitcom. Well, I, I will say that the the idea of the the startup podcast becoming a a sitcom is super interesting when you start thinking about the content creators that we know and admire and that sort of thing. So just it, I think well, it, it's a fun topic, but it's actually interesting as you spin it forward too. Yeah, it's the next level of content creation. Right. I mean, it's always growing, so that's a, that's a good one. Well, hey, we're at the end of our podcast, and we would be remiss if we didn't thank our good friends at Bam Bams for sponsoring this fine platinum-level broadcast. <laughs> so, uh, again, if you need a partner for domestic rush production of apparel, apparel accessories, and custom sourcing, and frankly, who the hell doesn't? Right. We highly encourage you to run to your nearest Google machine, whether it be portable or stationary, and visit bambams.com. Make it happen fast. Get to know the good people there. They're going to help you out. They're going to make you look good. And really, that's what it's all about when it comes to your clients. So bambams.com, make it happen fast, and they will help you out. Kirby, as always, a pleasure to broadcast with you, and I'm happy to report you have achieved broadcasting (laughs) at a platinum level today so thank you yep thank you for listening to unscripted with kirby hossaman and bill petrie unscripted is available every friday at promocorner.com the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry